Prevost, the man, the myth, the legend. You may have seen him on Off the Supply Chain. What's up, brother? <laughs> Not much. Hey, it's great to be here with you on a October 1st, a hot October 1st. You, and speaking of hot, your mic was a little hot there. Got to bring oh, you down thanks. a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to clip. You know, I noticed the outfit, and we heard some news here. Forever 21 is filing for bankruptcy. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. Where are you going to get your threads from? Where are you getting the yeah. duds from now? <laughs> uh, Gap for kids? I don't know. Maybe oh. American Eagle. Maybe yeah. you know. Maybe I'll do my buckle. What are you, like a 2T? Yeah. 5T? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, my son just turned five. I've been shopping for, you know, like toddler clothes. So those... Um, or he's not, he's there's, a lot, there, there's a lot more to, to be said for, for Gap for kids than yeah. meets the eye. Speaking of malls, I don't know if you've been to one recently or you saw on the news, but there's a guy who drove an SUV through one. He's being charged with terrorism. And it made me think about like all of those sort of mall sweepstakes that you see there. And there's even like if you go to Chattanooga Airport, yeah. there's one of those like like three-wheeler spider whip cars. Oh, they always look so cool. Have you ever entered a contest to win one of those? I, I don't think I have. Does anybody win or is it just like a honeypot to like bring in people like a magnet lead? It, it, it's totally that. I think you know. <laughs> Sounds like you've done a little bit of that before. I don't know. I have never set up a car sweepstakes. But who, like, ends up winning the car? Because the car just seems like it's there for a really long time. Yeah. Then they might just do, they just take it back and... I don't know. It looked it looked at first like the report looked like the guy had taken one of those sweepstake cars and was, like, driving through the mall with it. But I guess he just drove his own SUV in there? Wow. I mean, that is domestic terrorism if I've ever seen it. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to ha- a lot of headlines to get through. You know, yesterday, yeah. we were uh, preempted. The the adults had to take over the big seats and talk about uh, the more important uh, <laughs> qu- yeah. quarterly update, right? Yes. Before we got back to our nonsense, but thank you for joining us today and and for uh, for bearing with us. Thanks but, for being here. Yeah. Well, now we got to pay our bills, right? Let's do it. Go sponsors. Let's hear you read. You read it. Okay. No, you, you don't do. think I have this memorized? Triumph Pay is the leading carrier payment platform in transportation. With over 50,000 carriers paid, Triumph Pay helps to drive capacity, efficiency, and cash flow for the brokers and shippers that use their platform. Visit TriumphPay.com to learn more. Wow. When you put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to go there? I'd say so. Hit the music. Boom. Ah, this isn't great news. You know, I got someone texting me the WARN Act on this that some employee had got. Learned about this yesterday is Roadrunner is downsizing their drive-in business. They've announced closure of five terminals, mass layoffs at five other locations. Approximately 450 trucks and employee positions will be eliminated after Roadrunner Transportation Systems notified workers on September 30th that the company is closing five terminals and significantly reducing its workforce at five other locations. This is actually rich trucking. So the the downsizing of Roadrunner's drive van truck load business, Rich Logistics, headquartered in Little Rock, Arkansas, means it will reduce its numbers of drivers from 768 to 460. Shannon Everett, president of Rich Logistics, told Freightways all about this late Monday. Shannon Everett had this to say, My thoughts and prayers go out to our employees and their families that have been impacted by this restructuring, a decision that we feel was necessary given the growing forces that are currently being Mm -hmm. Exhibited throughout the NAFTA trade lanes. Roadrunner, headquartered in Downers Grove, Illinois, is an asset light company that posted around $2.2 billion in revenue in 2018. However, the company reported another big loss of nearly $142 million in the second quarter of 2019. That was far worse than the consensus estimate, which called for break-even results. Yeah, the termination date for the notified employees expected to be November 29th, the letter stated. Employees subject to the workforce reduction will receive either severance or a 60-day notice, the company said. Rich Logistics, which was acquired by Roadrunner for approximately $48 million in February 2014, will be permanently closing its terminals in Kansas City, in St. Louis, Missouri, Burton, Michigan, Brownsville, and Laredo, Texas. The company will also be significantly reducing its workforce at its Dallas, El Peso, Van Ornery, Texas locations, and its site in, in uh, wow, where their home base is, Little Rock, Arkansas, and in uh, right around the corner from us. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Well, that isn't good news. Yeah. Followed by, I think, uh, another one, right? Private equity-backed truckload carrier files bankruptcy. 339 trucks impacted. Cold carriers filed for Chapter 11 on Friday, which will allow it to continue to operate. You know, remember, uh, I think it was Dean that predicted that the uh, the the blood would not stop flowing. Right? Oh, a few a f- like a few no weeks clotting. ago. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really 
seems to he, his prediction unfortunately was 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 correct in a in a in a November 2018 article private equity firm KJM was described as being unlike the others and having daily involvement in the support functions of the business allowing the company to implement growth initiatives hmm. and improve the customer experience well unfortunately for the 450 employees and stakeholders of cold carriers a truckload roll up assembled from four of KJM's acquisitions, the PE firm was not successful in running an asset-based truckload portfolio and filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy on Friday. I mean, the story remains the same. For the, the, the Often PE groups, they, they are not operators. Yeah, I mean, they, they come in there to make a profit, right? They don't come in there to, to sort of fuel growth and, and take some of those losses that maybe a venture capital firm might take. KJM yeah. is a private equity firm based in Orlando, Florida that was launched in 2014 and made six acquisitions, five of which were in the transportation logistics space. Ooh, dangerous water to tread in. The firm says it is focused on acquiring private companies with EBITDA between $3 million to $10 million in revenues between $20 million to $100 million. So the song remains the same as, as you already said, right? Yeah. Here's another bad one. I mean, and this has affected some of the places. And this one, I think, affected Rich Logistics up there, which is the General Motors strike in Detroit is causing factories to shut down in Mexico. Yeah. Yet another time, G- GM has kind of reared its head, right, with that Falcon Transport. Big story there. Turned out it was a little bit different than we thought. It didn't entirely have to do with, with GM going out of business. It had to do with some bad contracts and whatnot. But General Motors halted operations at two Melcordores factories located in the Mexican city of Piedras Negras, a consequence of the ongoing strike by 49,000 auto workers in Detroit, the two Melcadores known as the Lear and EKM Melcadores. 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 Why does it keep making me read that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being shamed. Assembled components used in the manufacture of vehicles made by General Motors, according to El Financiero. <laughs> <laughs> Around 200 workers were out of work due yeah. to the temporary shutdown, officials said. Leo Cario Hernandez Torres, in an interview with El Financiero, uh, said from from this Thursday until at least October seventh, the part of the staff that worked in the product lines for GM went into technical unemployment. Mm. Torres is the head of the Confederation of Mexican Workers in Piedras Negras. The Confederation of Mexican Workers is one of the largest unions in Mexico. Tough and, strike, and, right? I mean, it's a lot of bad news. This 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 headline this, series yeah yeah forever 21 canada's bankruptcy filings revealed transport partners yeah. as retailer prepares to close all 44 canadian stories hmm. stores court documents <laughs> reveal transportation logistics it's and, a bad story yeah uh logistics and customs providers that stand to lose business uh as bankrupt fashion retailer forever 21 announced plans to unwind its entire canadian operation and close all 44 of its stores, court documents shed light on the impact of its transportation and logistics providers. Yeah, Bradley Sell, their CFO of Forever 21 Canada, said in a statement on September 29th, the same day that the U.S. parent company filed for Chapter 11 protection, he said, we hoped for a different outcome, but after years of poor performance and challenges set forth by the headwinds facing the retail industry today, our Canadian operations are simply not economically viable. Bankruptcy documents filed in Ontario Superior Court on September 30th revealed that Forever 21 plans to pay out Canadian $1.6 million, a Canadian dollar is equal to $76. Remember for that brief period in like 20, 2009 during like our financial crisis when the Canadian dollar was like a buck 25? I completely long forgot ago. about that. Well, I guess it was a decade ago. <laughs> well, well, at least it only happened in Canada, so maybe my Forever 21 yeah. uh, dreams can live on. And sadly, it looks like they're going to wind down operations by the end of December. So none of these stories in the headlines today are things we like to hear. We're going to have Seth Holm come in. From, but sometimes you got to keep it real and yeah. report. I mean, you know, that, we're that's, just that's what the stories yeah. were. Don't blame the messenger. Can't blame right? the messenger. Hopefully on Friday we have, you know, some more happy stories. Seth Holm with the Freightways Research Group is joining us now to shed some light on this. Seth, the, I don't know if you're listening, but the first four stories we covered was a carrier filing Chapter 11, a carrier doing mass layoffs. Uh, Forever Twenty One, and it, yeah, Chapter pri- Eleven, a, a private closing equity in Canada, group not making it, and uh, GM strike. So a lot of bad news in there. Hopefully the uh... yeah. Hopefully the pricing power index sheds a little bit more light. So it's it's a relatively new segment. Uh, we've had Kevin Hill on a couple of times, but just briefly explain what the pricing power index is and what feeds it. 
Sure. Uh, the pricing power index is basically a measure of the balance of power between shippers and carriers. So we constructed like a little gauge that looks like a, a speedometer on a truck. Mm. And uh, it goes from zero would be fully in favor of the shippers. Yeah. 50 would be a balanced market and 100 would be all the way in favor of carriers. So, um, you know, we kind of view it as a, it's a supply and demand market. Yeah. And so who's who's got the negotiating leverage? So right now the the latest score is a thirty five, which okay. is a little bit in favor of the shippers. And yeah. it's been kind of going that way, right? It was forty five, then it's forty, now it's thirty five. Yeah, so it's taken a little bit of a step back. Carriers had some pretty good momentum. Um, a lot of that is based off the fact that um, uh, OTVI uh, outbound tender volumes um, they've been improving yep. year over year. I looked earlier today uh, before the show; uh, they're up six point four percent year on year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as opposed to the sort of the freight recession earlier on this year when volumes were running down, um, they're now running solidly uh, higher. And uh, and then also OTRI the uh, the tender rejections those had kind of bottomed out around three point a high three range, and they'd gotten up to five or six. So. But all that kind of took a step back yeah. uh, over the last week or two. So Some of the factors that, that this is comprised of, it looks like when I was reading your article, you look at load volumes, tender rejections, carrier expectations, survey, paper rates, spot rates, diesel prices, economic policy, and economic stats. What's a uh, carrier expectation survey? I know you have Kevin Hill, the king of the survey, on, on the team. What, is, what does that entail? Yeah, so what he does is uh, on a quarterly basis, he does a forward-looking survey of, uh, of carriers. And... So, and then we track that over time. So how are, how are things looking like? So it's been a bad, it was a bad first half of the year. And so in the latest survey, which is forward looking over the next uh, three months, I think it is. So um, for the next, for the fourth quarter, uh, now you have uh, 50% of carriers are optimistic as far as load volumes and rates uh, yeah. for the fourth quarter. And that was up from just 30% a quarter ago. So people were pretty down and uh and, and, you know, not optimistic a quarter ago. 3.8 of the O-Try. Yeah. That's, that's it's where it bottomed out. Historically it, low, isn't it? I it, mean, that is really low. Really low, yeah. So um, just to put that in context, last year in sort of a booming market, um, O-Try never went below double digits in all of 2018. And um, when we're looking back on a one-year basis, a lot of times we're comparing against like a 17 or 18% rejection rate uh, right now. So Okay. So, so uh, tough conditions if you're a carrier right now. They are, but um, we are actually pretty optimistic. I mean, yep. a lot of this stuff is 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 very low on an absolute level, but it's bottoming out. Yeah. So, okay. So, like, what what are some of the indicate indicators of that? Like, how well, do you know? well, there uh, almost all of them actually, but um, the the most lagging one is contract rates, and those are or paper rates. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Because. Because there is no sure. contract. Uh, it's uh, an ironclad contract. They're man. worth the paper they're written on. Yeah. Exactly. But those are finally going negative on a year-over-year basis, whereas spot rates is a really good example. So those peaked at like $2.10. This is line haul, dry van, um, you know, in sort of mid to late 2018. and went all the way down to $1.25 yeah. earlier this year. Now they're at about $1.45. Yeah. So that's a good example. They're 20 cents off the bottom. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're sitting... Uh, just about at uh, operating costs per mile. So we don't think they can go a lot lower. And with retail season coming up, that should be seasonally uh, supportive of you those. Know, what's better for the greater economy? Because, you know, it's kind of in our DNA to sort of look at it from a carrier perspective, but to look at it from a shipper perspective. If I'm a shipper, I, I, I'm glad that last week it was 40 and now it's down to 35, right? Right. But for the yeah, greater economy, what, what's what's better overall for Americans? Who, Which side should it be on or should it be balanced? Uh, I think it's definitely better for the American economy to be favoring the ca- uh, the carrier. Because, okay. okay, a carrier, this is their entire revenue. Whereas for a shipper, even those that are moving a lot of goods, uh, you know, a Coca-Cola or a Budweiser yeah. or something like that, it's still, uh, they would rather, if I were a CEO of a shipping company, yeah. I would much rather have my revenue up year over year and have my transportation costs up as well than sure. the alternative and have yeah. my business in contraction with deflating 
Ergo, they wouldn't be moving as many goods, so it'd be a leading indicator. If the shippers are doing too well, it means, yeah, just not yeah, enough I mean, You know, there it, it's there is a line there. Like in 2018, I remember uh, listening to a lot of the consumer-oriented companies talking about how their transportation costs were doubling year over year now. So it can get a little bit out of hand, but in general, you would much rather, for the overall economy, you'd want a, a healthy market for the carriers. So a new one comes out on Thursday, right? New pricing power yeah, next year. Every Thursday. That. Where are things trending? Which side are, are we leaning towards? Yeah, so kind of because of what I talked about, uh, things are very low, but they're bottoming out and looking up. Um, and, and also, so some of the other stuff we're looking at, like uh, I just put out a paper this last week on new truck orders that are running below uh, replacement demand. So that's a really good indicator for sort of 2020 in trucking. And so with these things bottoming out, moving higher, we've got Q4, the consumer looks good. You've got seasonally stuff like that. Uh, some of these other indicators um, then we think it looks, we've got a 55, um, which has that tipping wow. in favor of the carriers. Oh, looking did you just out spoil it? Is it going to be a 55? It's on there. It's on the article on the website. Every, oh. Each week we do that. So okay. this is like the, okay. the, the pricing power mm-hmm. index is a, basically a very real-time now indicator, oh, but we also okay. put a forward-looking estimate on that Teaser. as well. Uh, Stay oh, tuned, right? So interesting. That's good. So coming into the holiday season, coming through peak season, this is kind of the tail end of it is, is October. You really want to get all the gettings good. Yeah, we think so. Um, so we think 2020, uh, particularly the back half of 2020, will be a better market for carriers than uh, 2019. Perfect. Well, you set. heard it here. Good yeah. news for the carriers. Good news for the economy. Thanks so much and for that analysis. Seth. How, did, how would people reach out to you, Seth? Uh, they can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn um, or uh, my email, sholm at freightwaves.com. And that's H-O-L-M, that's right? right, yeah. No E. S-Holm. And no relation to H.H. Holmes. No. Okay. Thankfully <laughs> not. At the uh, World Fair of Freight. Oh, but we're thinking, we've been thinking that we're going to Chicago next week. And of course, Freightways Live is in Chicago. So we've been very much at Chicago. I know. I'm looking forward to that. I went up to Chicago for the Georgia Notre Dame game two years ago oh. and, and I loved it. So About time I'm to get back. To going nice, back. Yeah. All right. Thank nice you for place. Thanks again, Seth. Thank Thanks. you, Seth Thank you Holm, ladies and gentlemen. All right. And now. I find out it's a big deal and a little deal. Yeah. Emily Zink. Here she comes. Always a big deal when she walks into Hello, the, uh, Emily. the hot yoga studio of freight. Oh, yeah. oh, that big deal. With all the yeah, it is. And I can even How's like it. How's it working? Oh, wow. So far, so Little good. Deal. So far, you guys let us know. How's it working out for you? We still sounding as better it than ever? It sounded good. I was just ever? watching you know? it. Right, no, nice. it sounds really good. Looks sounds good. Sounds digital. Digital. It does sound digital. Oh, okay. It's a little bit cleaner because it's not running through like six different cables oh, from an iPad to bring them here. Like you can put, you can save these right on the board. I love it. Well, you guys ready to play? Let's do it, Emily. Okay. And Chad's going first. Does that mean he won last time? No, it means he lost. A oh, loser always goes first. It's a gentleman's. Okay. Uh, I see how it is. Okay. Well, how do I lose every time? Like that's what you. It's just you I don't know. You should I ask, lose every time. You, you should ask at the, your meeting later. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. My meeting. <laughs> Convoy is expanding its shipper options to include a free transportation management system. Is the price of this deal right for you, Chad? <laughs> the price of this is great. It's, you know, Convoy, they're, they're, I think it's their Connect system. It's giving shippers uh, their, the network capacity, some guaranteed network capacity. It's free. I like that their Convoy does a lot of innovative things in the tech industry. So it's a big deal. Uh, way to go, Convoy. Way to be innovative. Lead the charge uh, and uh, provide, you know, so because we're always, you know, it's the focus can easily get on carriers. I like that we're keeping, you know, having some focus on the shippers as well. Okay. Dooner, what's your response to that one? Yeah, I would say it's a pretty big deal because um, right. one of the things that well, we kind agrees of. with me. I got no, that point for me. I agree huh? with Convoy. I don't agree with you. Um, <laughs> it's a big deal because we've kind of been railing against the, the siloing of data for years. And I really like what's been happening this year in supply chain. Maybe, you know, we like with carrier rates, that hasn't been great. But in terms of freight tech, freight tech 100, nominate now. But with freight tech, this stuff has been great because we're seeing so many advancements. And with Convoy having a TMS, I think before people were a little afraid of some of these free TMSs, you know, you put it's very valuable data and people are getting a lot more interested in where their data is ending up. We hear about data breaches all the time. Uh, we might even talk about one next. But I think it's a great deal. It keeps all of the data in, in one place, and it, it breaks down those silos, and it allows people to leverage their system. Very smart move by Convoy. Data is good, but also data gets stolen. And, yes, that yeah. is the yeah. next thing. A DoorDash data nice breach point. leaves almost 5 million delivery people, mm. users, and merchants impacted. Dooner, is this a deal worth changing your password for? 
I mean, we hear about a new one of these, it seems like, every other day, yeah. whether it's Target using your, your debit card over there or you can't even have food ordered and then everybody knows that you're like a closet, you know, you're pigging out on, I don't know, nachos. <laughs> I don't you even know. You can't leave the house to go to the grocery uh, store. Well, they had your orders. They only have the, fortunately, they only have the last four digits of your credit cards, but I think, like, the data, they got some driver's license numbers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's a problem that... I, I, and I'm not. I don't know enough about data security to be yeah. like it, it's easy to solve. It it probably isn't because these massive companies it keeps happening it to. Happen. Yeah. And these aren't legacy companies. DoorDash is a new company that you would think would be ahead of the IT curve, but I don't know. Like for every every IT security guy, there's like that that amazing hacker who wants to and find a way. And some of them are former IT security people. You yeah. always hear that. Like it's the true. credit card scammers they are. Know how to do it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the new warfare. So. To you, it's, it's a not big a big deal because well, I guess it it's not a big deal. Happens all the time. time. <laughs> it is a big deal. Well, okay, I, I uh, you know, it was it was five million people. That seems like not a drop in the bucket. It's a as a problem in our, you know, it's a yes, it's a big deal problem. Uh, but it's kind of a drop in the bucket. Uh, there's 325 million Americans, so it's um it's a little deal. Okay, well, <laughs> women represent 10 percent of OTR or over the road drivers and 33 percent of executives. That's according to our survey we did with women in trucking, the Women in Trucking Association. Are these stats a big deal or a little deal, Chad? This, I mean, this is a ginormous deal if these stats are correct. And it was our own research. It was our so own research I, team yeah. along I, with the I, Women in Trucking Association. Okay, so I only thought that it was like six to seven percent of over the road. Uh, when drivers were women, and I certainly didn't think that thirty, like a third, were represented of of executives. Uh, but you know, okay, that's what women in trucking say. That is an enormous deal. I am shocked. Um. Yeah. I mean, look. I, I wish it was a little <laughs> deal. It's going to be great when yeah. these things like you don't have to mention it because it it the gap is that closed. I mean. It's for so long. It's been a male-dominated industry, and I'm sure some of the topics at, at that women in trucking. And I think in Dallas, they're actually they're at a. I think we have Kim Wilkes over there, but yeah. I think they're having a um, a like conference right now. Yeah. yeah, why is that word? Excuse me. <laughs> they're having a conference right now. But you know, there's things like harassment, and you know, women don't often feel as protected on the road or in the workforce. So it's great that they're becoming a stronger voting block. Interesting fact: um, women drivers do report that they are safer drivers. Uh, they they are safer. They get into less accidents uh, driving than than their male counterparts. I but guess what? They don't back up as well. It is this is true. Ellen Voy, women in trucking, she says that they have more accidents at backing uh, up at, uh, at the docks. Wow, oh. yeah. interesting. Oh. What do you think, Emily? Why is that a big deal or a little deal? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what part? are we talking about? Ten percent and thirty-three yeah. percent? Um, not enough. Not enough. Yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to say not enough, especially in terms of yes, drivers, because you got to think people are on the road, so you're not going to have many women away from their families. So that does make sense. Yeah. But when you think of the workforce and you think of executives, yes, it's a ma- very male dominated industry. But I think women could still break into the industry and they could still have high power roles. I think it's just been male dominated for so long that hasn't happened. But hopefully next time we read a statistic. It changing, goes higher. Changing yeah. the culture. Yeah. There we go. Okay, Dooner, Apple considers investing $20 million into the company Japan Display. Is this an iPad mini or an <laughs> iPhone Max deal? Uh, it's a small deal. I mean, it's suppliers. That's that's for Apple to figure out. They need to they need to sell these goods. I think that they're, you know, we heard that they're opening that factory in uh, the United States. Yeah, in Austin, so, Texas, yeah. right? Yeah, that was a big deal. That is, um, yes. Right. This is a little deal. They... It, Big manufacturers like them always have to look for new suppliers. This one, because they're in this product cycle right now where they have to put out the iPad Pro and the iPhone Max and all these things, they, uh, that supplier is too big to fail, but maybe they'll be looking somewhere else after they bail them out. I think it's funny that Apple, with all of their proprietary everything, even their supplier is apparently kind of proprietary because they're stuck with the same one, even though it seems to be kind of a losing proposition right now. I mean, I guess I, I agree, though, with what you were saying, Dooner. So I guess point to you, uh, little deal. <laughs> well, a lot they, of agreements going on today. You see Samsung all the time. Everyone is ve- very uh, neutral today. I think it's because we'll we sit next to each other now. We, we just have so yes. much time to like hang out and, <laughs> and permeate in each other's um, aura. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to separate you guys because it's funner when you go back and forth, head all to right. head. Well, US, the U.S. blacklists over 50 Costco tankers from a Chinese subsidiary for allegedly moving illicit 
Elicit, excuse me, Iranian oil. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Chad? This is big shale, <laughs> big shale deal. Uh, it's uh, because you know the America. We are we are hammering home the point that we are going to give these tough sanctions. You cannot play around with this Iranian oil, and if you play in that game, you will pay. So big deal. Wow, it's like you were telling them if they're watching over yeah. there. <laughs> Do they watch our podcast? Over I'll, there? I'll have to get a little deal, <laughs> little shell, little shell. And the reason why, <laughs> the reason why is it's a, it's another component of this trade war. I think that's why they they sort of tabbed him here. I think that Costco had been doing this with a subsidiary for a long time. Fair. Nobody cared, and it's like one of those things where uh, you know, like you're doing a sting on someone. You're you're just waiting for them to screw up for yeah. the right time. You're giving them rope, and I think that they were giving them rope there, and now they. They tugged it. One of the executives at uh, Costco said, we did not move any illicit oil. Yeah. That was a statement. That was their statement. Great PR by them. Okay. I mean, I guess we we take your word for it. We didn't do it. (laughs) Well, here in Chattanooga, not just in this booth, but in Chattanooga, we are feeling the heat still, even though it is officially fall. We'll probably continue to set even more records throughout the week. Where does this deal fall on the Mercury, Dooner? It's a big deal. I mean, it's the second hottest September in Chattanooga since 1926 was the last time it had been this hot in September. Fortunately, it's not the driest of all time, so yeah. we didn't have a ton of uh, like wildfires and all those things. Today is the hottest October in record ever in Chattanooga. So soak it in, bask it in <laughs> in this heat. Um, Sweat it out. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a big deal if it, I don't know. It's a big deal in the sense that if this continues for multiple years on, it, it becomes an even bigger deal. Yes. Actually, the Chattanooga area is trending towards becoming more of a, over the next hundred years, uh, more of a tropical rainforesty yeah. thing rather than dry, which makes this a little deal. Okay. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's a little warm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, All right. It's been <laughs> well, it's shifting that first, way. It's our first time yeah. here experiencing yeah. this, so, so it's a little um, too humid I didn't find summer too me. bad. It's just, yeah, at this, like my body at this ca- point, calculator, yeah. like... It kind of wants it to cool down just a little bit. I mean, we'll still though. I mean, this is typical too. It's warm at the very the very first week of December here in Chattanooga, oh, wow. right. uh, which I've gotten used to because I can still keep my disc golf game going. All right, okay. we haven't played in a while either. I know. We got to get out. We got it. We got it. Well, well thank you guys Emily, for having I know you have me. Mean together. Thanks thank for joining you, Emily. us. Yes, thank you. I'll see you guys next time. Big yes, deal. <laughs> Send that young man Kyle Cunningham in okay. here. Hey, will do. Kyle. Oh, keep that open, please. Woohoo! Yeah. Kyle, let's get a little breeze coming in, a little airflow. Kyle Cunningham's in here to play a little game we like to call Market Expert Trivia. Market Expert Trivia. Market Expert Trivia. Now we have another game. What is this one called? Market Experts to play. Market Expert Trivia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! So you might yeah. not have yeah. known what you yeah. were in for, Kyle, but I've got a little pop quiz. All right. Can you move your computer for a little bit, too? Because this thing yeah. now has our game Man, I haven't taken a pop included. quiz since I dropped out of the sixth grade. I don't know if I have enough, <laughs> I don't know if I have enough rope here to get over, but there, there's your buzzer. Are Bob, you allowed to drop so you have out of the sixth grade? The rule is we gotta, we got to wait for... I dropped for, out of the sixth grade and went straight to truck school, man. we got to wait wow. for him to finish the question. That's yep. your buzzer right that's there. Your bu- that's my buzzer And I go right here. Boop, boop. All right. Well, are you ready? Yeah. Ready or not, here we go. This is tying into what? China Rising. Yeah, China Rising off the supply chain. It's going to be a very exciting episode releasing at noon sharp on Friday. It's going to be good, dude. And in light of that, we thought that we would tease it a little bit by asking just some, our market experts, some questions about China. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So question number one. Mm -hmm. Get ready on that buzzer. Oh, this is going to work so much better with the buzzer. I reckon. Right? Yep. When did Britain give Hong Kong back to China? Oh, it's, it's multiple choice. We have to wait. All right. We, uh, we jumped again. We, we have to wait for him to wait, read wait, it wait, for wait. the audience. A, 1967. Right. B, 1987. C, 1997. Hey, you can't just lay over like that. And D, 2007. It's 1997. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you see the way he played? Oh, did little you home see that? Advantage, little home he field. played him. Oh, my God. He played Woo-hoo. you. So that's a little gamesmanship. Yeah, that's oh one Lord. point to Dooner. Hey. Question number two. All right. How many time zones span China? A, 4, you B, 3, C, 2, D, 1. Four. Kyle. Oh. I'm going to guess three. That is incorrect. Okay. I said four. That is incorrect. All right. Double. Double fail. It is two. one. Only one. That's Shot right. Time. 
you right. would think the fourth wait, wait, largest wait, wait. Yeah. continent would have more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Did All they right. just, just, just nationalize time? They did. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's very mono. Yeah. Oh, it's mono, time. Monolithic, I guess. I'm sick of it. Like. <laughs> All right, so we got one to right. nothing after two. Coming into number three in ancient China. The lotus flower became a symbol of A, narcissism, B, the dimensions of time and space, C, purity, or D, fertility. C. That is correct. Purity Ooh, it is. Man. Purity, the lotus flower. Yeah, I'll give you my lotus flower. Two to nothing. <laughs> Your purity? My lotus flower. Um, uh, uh, who said, okay. let China sleep, for when she wakes, she will shake the world. Mm-hmm. Is that A, Hercules, B, Alexander the Great, C, Napoleon, D, Caligula? It was Napoleon. That's correct. And he barely beat you to it. I know he did. All right, three to nothing. There is no chance for a comeback now. That's but right. play for play, play for, for pride. pride. Play two, for China. No, two play more, for the U.S. Two more questions. The okay. n- no, here we go. Number five. The number of birth defects in China continues to rise. Mm-hmm. Officials blame A, the one-child birthing policy, mm-hmm. B, pollution, C, mm-hmm. nutrition. D, the explosion of the middle class. All right. That's going to be pollution. Correct! Ding, 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 you got on the board! Yeah. Playing for pride! Okay, and finally, number six, the number one hobby in China huh. is A, stamp collecting, B, ping pong, C, cricket fighting, D, jousting. It's cricket barely, fighting. You barely beat him to it. It's it is fight. not cricket fighting. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so it's oh, in. Man. It's going to be ping pong. Uh, no. What? Oh, is it jousting? It's, <laughs> it's stamp collecting. What a bunch of nerds. Collecting. <laughs> I know. That's why. Hey, man. That is your country on communism. Stamp collecting. Stamp collecting. Kind of I, I, like, I thought I would get you guys on that. I even gave you the cheat sheet, but apparently it didn't help. Like legit, I, I got three I don't right. Like, I don't like looking at the cheat sheet. I got three right. I love three 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 to questions one. on the sheet. Yeah. That's <laughs> There's a <true>. hundred. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Hey, guys. That was really great. Thanks, yeah. Kyle. Hey, yeah, for, thank you all. Thank you for coming hey, on. Hey, look, plug your show. You get yeah, 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 yeah. Big things coming. Okay. Um, it's actually what I'm working on right now. Tomorrow's episode of Night Shift. Is going to be the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is to, right. to 10x every time, every okay. month at least. Uh, we got new graphics updated, yeah. um, and we're taking your calls. So there'll be a live call in number. So, you know, just call in, tell me your thoughts. I don't care whatever your thoughts are, yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Uh, broker, shipper, carrier. Granted, the show has a perspective uh, geared toward the owner operator community, but nice. we want to hear from everybody. So tomorrow night, 7 p.m., you'll get a notification if you already subscribed. Um, otherwise, uh, you guys. Keep on keeping on, man. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. That'd be fantastic, man. Kyle's coming on, learning learning all kinds of stuff on the production end of things as well. Really leveling up, contributing to the uh, production, the multimedia things that we've got going on here. Introducing JT. Speaking of contributing to the the supply chain of things that we've got going on. Oh, I thought that was like, I thought this was like a plug that was in, like a, uh, a cork. I was like, wow, a very interesting, like, alchemical. Bottle of, of drink you've brought with you today. Gentlemen, how are we? We're very good. Well, we- we're fantastic. Thanks for joining us, JT. Five, count of five. Five good, good minutes. JT. Yeah. Very excited JT. to be here. JT, you, uh, you were up north for a little bit before you came down here, right? You were at Dartmouth College up in New Hampshire. I was uh, in 2010. Yeah. All right, so it was a while ago. Well, yeah, a little while ago. I moved but here not that college. long ago. Not no, long. I mean, mm-hmm. less than a decade. Yeah. yeah. How, how did Big you green. enjoy your time there? It was tremendous. Yeah. It was tremendous. I've heard it was a good nice, things uh, about nice it. place to live. Great skiing. Ivy League. Yeah, that's right. I don't know how I don't know how uh, you know they, they let me sneak in there. Uh, well self deprecating. I same way I stuck in the freight waves. After reading this fantastic uh, article. Wait, well hold on, before yeah. we even get to the article, oh. how, he, you brought it up. We're introducing you. How did you end up at Freight Waves? Oh man, it's a great question. Um you know, I've been I've been close with Craig for a couple of years now and um he told me about his vision early on, and I, yeah. I I totally bought into it. I thought it was really interesting. I wanted to help him out. I, you know, we stayed in touch. Um, I've seen the growth over the past couple of years. It's been truly, you know, amazing. Uh, and you know, we connected a month or two or three ago, and we talked about it conceptually. And here I am now, you know, in Chattanooga a month later. Well, um, actually, I think it's been the better part of three years, as I understand some mm-hmm. of the story. And um, of course, actually, while we're going, we're talking about this for a minute. You um, you have quite the resume. You've been at Stiefel. 
uh, and you, you, you had probably a lot of opportunities. You chose to come to Freight Alley in Chattanooga uh, right here uh, at Freight Waves. What led you, what, what opportunity did you see at Freight Waves that, that, that led you to, uh, to jump in on board? Well, I have such a deep passion for transportation that I thought Freight Alley would be the place to be. How did you? How <laughs> okay. did you? Uh, on my longer form podcast, I always ask people when they were sixteen, they were scouting schools. You you ended up at Dartmouth. I, I believe you were at like Rensselaer or something before that. I went to uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute and yeah. studied uh, industrial engineering and operations research. So when you're like sixteen, scouting schools, what did you did you think this would be your job now? Uh, t- talking with Dooner, <laughs> I mean. What a, <laughs> And Chad, I mean, I, so I, wait, so you things were, ended up really well for me. I were agree. you were you called to logistics? Did you see it, or did, the invisible or, hand of trucking? Or, or That's right. <laughs> That's right. Or did it call you? I would say relatively early on, I got into transportation. Now that occurred in college, so you know, not wow. like trying to be an, an astronaut, five years old type thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think through studying engineering, um, uh-huh. and specifically operations research, I got really into transportation because. I found a uh, passion for optimization at the time. Yeah. And routing and trucking and, and, you know, rail management, inventory management, all these other things that are so endemic to transportation. I grew, I developed a passion for it. Seemed like an easy opportunity, too, right? I mean, if you come from the sort of the internet generation, which, which I grew up in, you're a little bit younger than me. So you definitely did. And when you looked at the way that trucking companies were and carriers were being operated, even through the mid 2000s, you know, and, and 2010, up, even up until 20, a lot of them still up until now. It's like, wow, there's a lot of opportunity for modernization and optimization right there. Man, there's, there's, I mean, to take it even more elementary, I had a client earlier in this year who, who did all their routing and scheduling on T-cards. T-cards? Yeah. Wow. On T-cards. And they're wow. a really, you really well-run know. truckload carrier. You yeah. Know? And they, they just, they don't have, they have, they have logs of everything, but they, they do active day-to-day management on T-cards because they know that if I have to write a T-card for a load, that an individual owns that load, and they're communicating directly with that driver. So you have a very personal connection with every transportation. Every, to each their yeah. own. It's a very fragmented industry, Hard to as scale, we though. say. Hard to scale, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, you got because you need another T-card writer each time you, you start booking more loads. Oh, imagine if someone kicks the board over by accident. Yeah, and then you're like... <laughs> What? Yeah, how do you explain that in twenty to like a millennial? Where I was like, how? Where's my freight? Uh, someone knocked the T card board. Yeah, someone kicked the T card yeah. board. But I think that one of the things you were talking with uh, Craig about, Craig, Craig Fuller, uh, last week, you were you were talking about your the, the data platform and what we're providing at uh, at Freight Waves is pretty unique to the industry. It's super differentiated, and I, I think it enables us to really be the premier market intelligence provider to all transportation uh, and logistics companies domestically yeah. and globally. And we are definitely um, at, at sort of a, a bottom of a parabolic shift in our ability to apply that to these operating companies and really help drive a ton of value. Yeah, it's an underrepresented sort of, uh, I mean, for, for how big the industry is, not a lot of companies doing this, serving this need. There's a lot of data providers, so there's a lot of uh, services providers, but there's really only one that attempts to be the comprehensive centroid for all things information and data. As a finance guy, does it surprise you that more CFOs are not involved with their freight? Like when I was working for a 4PL consulting firm, one of the things we oh, we had to help companies out a lot was with bill auditing and with like their accruals. There weren't a lot of eyes on that kind of stuff, and people would allow bills to pile up, and they wouldn't look at it as their cash flow. They wouldn't look at it as inventory as their cash flow either. It was always kind of bizarre to me. Mm. CFOs in transportation have a lot of forces pulling on them at all yeah. times, and 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 the CFO role in transportation is is compoundingly challenging given the exposure to the cycle and the material levels of debt that a lot of operating companies have. And quarter to quarter, year over year, um, every, uh, every, every time period is fundamentally different. And so these CFOs need to be fairly dynamic, and, and they, they work really hard to stay on top of everything. But you can't be perfect, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, even with inside the shippers, a lot of them kind of – it always been sort of like this 10% of cost is shipping and, and kind of leave it at that. There wasn't a lot of optimization looked at, and it was sort of very rate-based. And it's great to see that that changing, and then data like sonar. And, and companies now, like Macy's, just hired like a CSCO, you know? You're, start, you're seeing companies bring that on and trying to, to tie together the whole the whole menu of the supply It's chain. really difficult to implement actual optimization in transportation because there's so many moving pieces. There are so many variables, 
And the industry space is so dynamic. And of course, the underlying fundamentals are constantly changing. Hmm. Yeah. And so, and so to do any level of deterministic optimization is, is near impossible in reality. It's one large stochastic model. And computationally speaking, that's incredibly challenging to do time efficiently. Wow. Uh, well, it reminds me of the you just you just wrote this uh, this article, which uh, there's a lot to absorb here, um, and I want I want to direct our, our yeah. listeners' attention to it. Uh, it's ten lessons from ten years on the road. You've you've already been around the block long enough to have had ten years of these these lessons, and uh, every one of these talking points is worth you know at least an entire show. So yeah. it's a lot to unpack. Uh, Maybe and, we'll make a segment for him. Get optimized with JT or something. Yeah, I mean, any one of them, I kind of, but one of them that that struck, we, you know, on off the supply chain, we talk about a lot of different, some of these very subjects. One of them, the uh, idea that uh, this number five on your list, global warehousing remains the bullwhip of the consumer. Mm. Could you just talk briefly about what you mean by that? We've we freak, we just used the term bullwhip when we were talking about chicken sandwiches and Popeyes. Oh yeah, the Popeyes—they ran out of the buns. Okay, and so yeah, that's that's the bullwhip effect. The right? bullwhip they... effect. The bullwhip effect is very prevalent in transportation and specifically in inventory management, storage, and stocking, and yep. and warehouses as a result of uh, forward position inventory and the di- and the the dynamic move into e-commerce and instantaneous delivery. Yeah changes where inventory needs to be positioned, how much needs to be positioned there, how it needs to be predictively uh, stored in forward position locations. And as such, the the uh, leading up supply chain elements, whether it be uh, the, the, the intermediate distribution centers that fill those forward supply chain, uh, forward position inventory centers, or the actual uh, fulfillment centers or DCs centralized at, re- at the regional or state level, um, continue to have to change as much as the actual forward position inventory centers. And then furthermore, as you look at the uncertainty or the volatility around capacity and rates within trucking, if you can't really rely on, you know, you know, clear capacity through intermodal or air freight forwarding and, and uh, you know, in, a, in an economically viable sense, there's a counterbalancing of people storing incremental inventory to, hedge their rates against, you know, the volatility of trucking or the uncertainty of actual delivery times. And so as you get further and further from the consumer, there's larger and larger amounts of volatility and uncertainty around what you actually need to do to be able to fulfill certain supply chain levels. JT, when, when, you, uh, when you came on board, they, they tell you that you're going to be thrown right into the fire and be a content creator right out the gate. Because one thing that's kind of unique about us is we uh, – our on-air talent is our market experts and our executives and people with, with a ton of tribal knowledge, the term we always use around here. You put out your article, which was uh, 10 Things You Learned on the Road. You were just on Fuller Speed last week with Craig Fuller. Go over to YouTube. Look at that. And what I always say, hit the bell over there so you get a notification. Check it out. You had a great interview with him. I know I'm going to do a longer form with you. That'd be great. But um, just sum it up. How's your first uh, couple weeks here it's been? It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's one of the thought processes in, in joining and in, in coming to work here is there's, you know, we employ 150 people. There's 150 here who we could sit down and talk to for hours and hours on a bunch of different things to go. And all of our clients and customers are included in that bucket as well. Yeah. Um, it's just something that I'm very passionate about and it's something that I, I like to be very thoughtful about and I think about a lot. And so yeah. why wouldn't you want to spend all day thinking about it? And on it? <laughs> I know you could just be walking along and feel and the passion. The cameos like Casey Larkin's dad, uh, John Larkin. John Larkin was yeah. just randomly walking through the hallway JD? by a pile of biscuits over there. I think he's in yeah. town. He was I think he's looking for t- free biscuits. I know. Oh, yeah, you might have, you might have smelled them. <laughs> so this is your first time. you got to hit the bell. Oh, perfect. you got to hit the bell. Nice. Thank nice, you. Nice, friendly cowbell hit right there. That's Great right. to have you on, JT. How can they reach out to you if they want to get in touch? Um, well, one, we're going to need more cowbell. Yeah. Okay. You can reach out to me via email, uh, my new Freight Waves email, Ooh. which is Jay Angstrom. Angstrom okay. spelled E N G S T R O. Jangstrom. At freightwaves.com. <laughs> that sounds All right. like some weird Chinese uh, thing you were doing earlier. <laughs> a Jangstrom. Right. Uh, thanks. Awesome. Uh, for my Jungian, pronunciation. Right? Very Jungian. Yes. Hey, it's great to have you here, yeah. JT. Thank you so much, man. Thank you guys for Boy, your time. Thanks th- for having me. I'll see you guys on the show soon. Of course. You yes. bet. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have you back on. All right. And now let's bring in all six foot eight. 
Mr. Henry Byers of Freight. See what's on the radar. He's going to tell us. You know, you know what they just finished. So Craig Fuller tweeted out last night that Sonar 5.0 is it's all done. It's in the oh. can. They're just this whole month is going to be dedicated to working the bugs out of it and ironing uh, the well, creases. Well, you and the heard it here. Teaser. Out of the program, right? November is the debut of 5.0. That's it. Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> there we go. There you go. There you go. I was about to say. On the radar. Presented by Sonar. Man. Timing a little bit there. Yeah. It's amazing. Great to have I know you, I hit the uh, wrong bumper. Long time no board. see. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, great to have you here. Uh, well, like, what's been going on? Yeah. Oh, man. Just a lot of work. Uh, you know, sitting with the data science team, going through all this. You know, it's like I said, I've mentioned before, not so much a complex data set, just a massive data set. You know, we're, <laughs> we're bringing in the vessels, the aircraft, I mean, all that tracking data, all the data associated with it. It's a massive data set, so it's yes. taking some time Bring to really come through it. your cargo, well, your uh, vessels. You were talking about Van Han yeah. earlier, talking about Hot for Teacher. He's been uh, teaching those <laughs> Sonar classes now, too. Is there anything you don't do these days, Sonar? I mean, Sonar. <laughs> That's your nickname now. Is there anything you don't do these days, Henry? And, uh, yeah, it's all Sonar, man. 24-7. 365, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about what, so you just, I think you mentioned a few things, but you want to... Yeah, dive dive in. What's going but on in Sonar? Let's get into the weeds for a minute. Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially over the past year, people have just been a lot more interested in, you know, where freight really originates, um, you know, a lot of the international freight movement and how that affects U.S. transportation or U.S. freight markets. Um, so really, we're, we're, we're kind of scaling out from the ports. We're going to capture the vessels, the routings, the yeah. schedules. We're going to capture all the capacities inbound, outbound, and that's going to be for aircrafts and vessels. So really capturing any means of traveling international, you know, intercontinental, uh, we're really capturing all that. And then we're bringing you the analytics, the carriers, I mean, who's involved with it and really showing you, bringing transparency to like on-time percentages. You know, how are these carriers actually performing um, if you have contract business with them, stuff like that. Wow. That'll be really useful, won't it? Absolutely. Um, I was going to say, he one of the uh, the articles you read, you're talking about flexibility versus efficiency. Can you dive a little bit in that too? Um because maybe being flexible doesn't always mean being efficient. They're, they don't necessarily go together, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, things like e-commerce have really made you know supply chains take a step back, reevaluate. I mean, I was just looking and reading about uh, companies like Amazon, companies like FedEx, importing 53-foot domestic intermodal containers. Wow. There's been like 953-foots imported. That was Steve Ferriera who came out with that. Uh, so that's interesting. You know, when you're talking about flexibility and efficiency, uh, really, you know, people are having to take a step back with, with the trade war and say, we've got to really look at efficiency in a way like we've never looked at it before or else, you know, these costs that we're incurring um, because we're not being efficient, we're not being flexible, um, can lead to bankruptcies. I think you saw Forever 21. We, um, if you we look had at four... We had four big negatives to lead the show. So we sure. had uh, we had rich trucking, massive layoffs, closing down half their business. We had a cold carrier, which they filed for Chapter 11, Forever 21, closing down Canada, Chapter 11, and the GM strike. All all not good things for this lots week. Lots of headwinds. Lots of headwinds. Lots of headwinds. Razor-thin margin. So specifically, I mean, we, we understand that customs data. So when we're looking at Forever 21, if you looked at what happened from 2018 to 2019, the shipment count for Forever 21 literally dropped off the map. Wow. Um, it's literally, I mean, it's way up here and it literally 2019 because of that tariff pull forward. So my inclination is that I, I don't know really how they run their business, but I'm suspecting that these stores that are in the malls are yeah. maybe a little bit more vulnerable than most because of things like e-commerce. And now, you know, they're basically saying we had to spend all this money up front in 2018 and I, they weren't even able to make it into holiday season yeah. this year, which is a little bit concerning. What was really interesting. So is, if you go into Sonar, can you, are, can you start predicting who might be filing for chapter 11 by going through some of these shippers and looking at their, uh, their freight rate drop-offs? Because, I worked for an apparel company, Talbots, on their custom side, and I can't give away too much information, but when mm-hmm. I was there, you definitely saw orders just completely die out. And when companies get in those dire straits, they, I think they were looking to sell at the time. Their stock had had really, really bottomed out. Um, but yeah, orders orders just, they, they go off a cliff. Well, look at the ISM data um, that came out this morning. I mean, they said it's the worst since 2009. Um, and, and really, that's a measurement of, of that exact thing in a, in a lot of ways. It's, it's what are the, what's demand? What, what's, what are the purchasing managers trying to do? How are they managing the situation? Are they actually ordering new product? Um, and, and right now, the sentiment is that they're not necessarily ordering, you know, it's going down. Um, so concerning there as well. Well, they have the data. They need to act on it. I mean, we talk about being a recession-proof company sometimes, but it's not even a recession. 
and uh, and some of these things are happening with them. Yeah, I'd yeah. say like with early Chinese New Year, I'd say the things, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call, you know, the Great Recession. Um, but I think there's certainly things within the import data specifically that are concerning. The, the ports are already kind of sounding the alarm as far as import and the, the oh. trade wars affect. Okay. Um, yeah, mostly regarding the exports, but there's been effects on the import side too. And I think this month, next month, you're going to see some really big negative month, year over year, monthly mm-hmm. negative percent changes in uh you know in decline obviously is that does that mean there's gonna be like an earnings bloodbath at the the end of the year um well it just it really depends who you are at this point i mean uh you know retailers like amazon i expect to do pretty well but i do think if you're those stores that were closely tied to things like the mall um you're gonna you're gonna be it's gonna be a tough year this year for you henry the freight tech 100 we can't vote for freight waves but that's coming up is there a company this year, dark horse. Not something obvious like Amazon, but there is. A, is there a dark horse that you think may show up this year in the the fold? As far as dark horses, um, interesting. In, in the international side, I would point to someone like Zanetta. Um, okay. I think that's doing some pretty uh, awesome things in the in, uh, in containers. Yeah. Uh, but I think they've kind of already been there. Another one I'd point out is Project Forty Four. Just always been impressed with mm. those three companies specifically. Yeah. Um, would love to more work more with those guys. We already uh, obviously work a little bit with with some. Um, but, but yeah, I think those, they made number two of the freight tech 100. Uh, yep. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. I just think, uh, on the international side, there's just a lot of room to grow, man. Um, anybody who's willing to kind of jump on board and, and partner with us, we'd love to love to be a part of it. Awesome, dude. How Thanks did they for get, joining us. Yeah, how, how did they, they get, get in touch with you, man? Oh man. H buyers at freightwaves.com or, uh, just, just Henry buyers, you know, on LinkedIn. All right. Yep. Easy peasy. Yeah. Thank right. you for joining us, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. More outstanding huh. information. Yeah. Although, have you seen all those people a, walking a by with more pizza? Pessimistic, maybe. I, I have. Yeah. I got a secure. I think I, Henry's going right over there to secure a slice. Uh, but I'm going gluten free, so it's, yeah, it doesn't matter for you. Yeah. Uh, what what oh. do we have to plug? We got off the supply chain. There's one that's already out. Automation Nation. I appeared on that one. That's on our YouTube channel, Freightwaves YouTube. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we're on all the different social media sites. You can see this. You can see shows like The Night Shift. Um, on uh, that we that we stream live Wednesday evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we'll be back at you on Friday at one p.m. You can find him on Twitter at Chad Prevost, and you can find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Let's take the train out of the station. I know you have someplace to be. Thank you for bearing with us on uh, this new special time slot today. Thanks for being here on Tuesday. For the audience for being flexible. Little cowbell for being efficient. Little cowbell for getting a slice of pizza when I walk out of here. Cowbell for flexibility. Little cowbell for listening to One The Trump. Now bang your little cowbell all the way through the week because we'll be right there with you. Bang your cowbell for some of those employees who have lost their job at some of these trucking companies. Operations and truckers, we hope you bounce back. Uh, and you know, great ways is hiring. You know, you got some background. You're a market expert. Visit the site. <laughs> Take care. See you Friday. See you soon.